0: Hey, what's up, Real Estate Investing Mastery Nation? <laughs> How's that for a title? Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, listen, on this podcast, I'm gonna be talking about the importance of doing what you say and saying what you're doing, and especially when it comes to wholesaling. We're starting to see tougher and tougher regulations and laws coming out of different states, and I'm gonna talk about that, and how not to be a douchebag wholesaler. How's that for a title? <laughs> All right? All right. Alright guys, hey I'm Joe. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm driving in my car. I just dropped my kids off at a birthday party. Two of my four kids. So I'm just driving home. And I'm planning on, today's Saturday, but I'm actually going to work a little bit today because we're taking off for a week next week. Going to the mountains, going to Colorado for one of those, um, you know one of those dude ranches where they just take care of everything for you and you do a bunch of stuff all week. They don't have any TVs. I think they maybe have cell phone coverage. I don't know. So I'm looking forward to that. Got to get a little bit of work done before I leave, though. And um, I was just... uh, A friend of mine texted me who lives in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma just recently, uh, some legislatures or some committee in the Senate or a House legislature, whatever it is, the state legislature in Oklahoma, some committee just passed a proposal... To submit to the Congress or to the legislature there to pass a law, and they've called it like the oh, I forget the name of it, um, like the Illegal Wholesalers Act or something like that. Like it's specifically targeted to wholesalers, and uh, the committee passed it seven to zero. Now it's not law in Oklahoma, so don't freak out. Everybody relax, take a deep breath. It's not passed yet, but they this committee has offered this bill and they want the con you know the local. Folks there to vote on it, the legislature, which is you know a big deal, and we're seeing this happen more and more. And it happened in Illinois last year, Um, and they're just cracking down on wholesalers. And they, you know, part of me is thinking, you know what, they they should, because wholesalers have are stupid sometimes. And here's the problem. I want to talk about the problem, and uh, how to avoid it, and and how to do things the right way. All right, nobody is ever saying that you can't buy a property without a real estate license, you know? All these people are trying to do is stop brokering without license. They want to stop brokering, illegal brokering activity. And you could argue that uh, wholesaling, if not done the right way, is illegal brokering. You're actually putting together a buyer and a seller and um, you are uh, getting paid a fee for that or whatever, right? So anyway, um, so there is, there's some issues with that that you got to be super careful with. And uh, if you want to, do it right, then uh, you need to actually. There's two things that are important. I've talked about this a lot before. Number one, the means. You have to have the means to actually close on the property. And number two, you actually have to have the intent to close on it. So you have to have the intent that you're going to close on it, and the means, which means a couple things. When you are talking to sellers and you're negotiating with them, you always need to be the one who's buying the property. You're the one with the with the funds, the money that are going that that is going to buy the property, right? And um, doesn't mean you have to but that's your intent coming into the deal so you can't put stupid clauses in your contract like it is subject to an um, approval from a partner or subject to you know me closing on this thing is subject to me finding another buyer you can't put that kind of stuff in there you have to have the intent to actually close on it yourself all right and then number two you have to have the means in other words you've got to have access to the money to close on the deal it doesn't mean you have to have the $80,000 in your bank account. What it means is you have to have access to the $80,000 to borrow if you need to. So you need to have a hard money lender, a private money lender, or your own money, or a line of credit or something uh, in your back pocket that you can actually borrow the money on the deal if you have to. And this is a really big deal because, and this is why wholesaling has gotten out of hand in almost every part of the country, is you have so many people out there, Teaching wholesaling is like the best, fastest, easiest way to make money in real estate. And guess what? It is. <laughs> wholesaling is awesome, right? But the problem is this so many broke people are out there trying to wholesale. And I'm not saying, like, I, I want to be careful with this. I'm not saying, like, if you're broke, you can't do wholesaling. I'm not saying that at all. But there's a lot of people out there that don't understand this that are doing this and they're tying up properties. They're getting them under contract and they're stringing the sellers out. They're tying the property up. They can't close. Um, you know, in 30 days because they don't have a buyer yet, you know, and they're just so hungry to do a deal. They'll negotiate, they'll get it under contract for any price. And uh, even though it's a ridiculously, it's a ridiculous price, they'll never be able to resell it. But there's a lot of deals that are happening. And why is this type of legislation occurring? It's because what happens is these sellers, they they have a uh, real hungry wholesaler, a new wholesaler, you know, from out of state or something like that. Uh, get these properties under contract, and they think it's a good price because they're basing their estimate on Zillow or whatever. They get it under contract with a r- ridiculous contingency, a 30-day inspection contingency or you know, contingent on me finding a buyer for it. And they keep on, you know, they go back and say, you know what, I'm sorry, can't close. Can we lower the price or lower the price a little bit? They still can't find a buyer. They string it out some more. We just need a few more weeks. And they keep on stringing these sellers out 60, 90 days, maybe even more, when these sellers need to sell the properties like ASAP. And sometimes they're f- they're going uh, into foreclosure or they're getting behind on their payments because they haven't been able to sell it yet. And this wholesaler is stringing them out and can't close. And then they just walk away, they cancel the contract. And th- you talk to a lot of investors that are professional investors, you know what I mean? Like are actively buying deals. And they y- we run across this all the time. Sellers who tell us stories like, you know what, I this is the... This is the third time I've tried to sell this thing or you're the third wholesaler that's given me an offer like this and the last two, they couldn't close and they walked away. How do I know you're actually going to close or whatnot? So what happens is these sellers are getting in trouble from their lenders because they can't sell the house as soon as they thought they could or from unscrupulous wholesalers that promised them that they could get some money on the deal and they couldn't. So what... That see the, see the problem? And then the other big problem is this, daisy chains. You know what I mean by that? Daisy chains, where you have wholesalers that advertise other wholesalers' properties that advertise other wholesalers that advertise other wholesalers' properties, and there's this long daisy chain and the price keeps on going up. It just screws everything up for everybody. So I never, ever teach or recommend you do those daisy chain type of things. You know, If you're going to JV partner on a deal with another wholesaler, you got to make sure that you have a contract directly with the seller, or you're dealing directly with the one person who has that under contract, not a bunch of other people in line who get some kind of assignment fees, who keep on bumping the price up and all of that. So these kinds of practices of daisy chains, of not closing on the deals, of keep on uh, pulling the seller along... This is what's causing this kind of legislation to come in, into place. And again, they're not this legislation, don't freak out. It's not saying you can't buy a property and then sell it for a profit. It's just saying that if you're getting in the business of wholesaling, they're trying to say you have to have a real estate license. Which, you know, has some drawbacks but also has some pluses, you know. I could see this as and I see this in Illinois right now where or investors, you know, professional investors, I guess you could call them. Real wholesalers are saying this is good because I have my license now and I can go to these I have a lot less competition number one And number two they can go to these sellers and say hey listen all these other schmucks They're just trying to you know flip the contract and they're you know if they can't find another buyer to sell their contract to, They're just gonna walk away from the deal, but me. I'm not like that. I'm a cash buyer I have real money that I I'm actually going to close in your deal. I'm not going to flip it and sell it to someone else. And I have my real estate license. I've been trained. I have a code of ethics that I have to uh, uh, adhere to, you know, if I ever uh, do anything wrong, you can report me to the to the the board of realtors or whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a few things you got to keep in mind about this, right? Number 1, you need to make sure you're working with an investor-friendly broker. You've got to hang your license with an investor-friendly broker that understands and lets you do your own deals, right? Now, here's the thing. You can get these deals under contract. You're going to buy them. Don't string out long inspection contingencies. Just do a couple weeks. You should know in one or two weeks whether through an inspection whether it's a good deal or not, whether you want to continue closing on it. Um, And also, you should know whether you would be able to get the money from a hard money lender um, on the deal or not, right? So you should know within one or two weeks. You shouldn't have an inspection contingency longer than... Uh, a couple weeks. Sometimes I do 15 business days on my contracts. But if, it, you know, if it's not a good deal, I let them know and I cancel the contract before that inspection contingency is up. And also on my lease options, I don't lock the property down. I don't tie it up. It's a flexible option. I tell the sellers, listen, you can cancel this contract anytime. It's just an option agreement. So I'm not tying up the property. And also with lease option deals, I typically will hire a realtor to market the home for me and find a tenant, even though I have my license but that's something that you can think about if you're if you're doing lease options just hire a realtor you should outsource that anyway taking the calls showing the home reviewing the applications all that you should outsource it anyway so why not outsource it to a realtor a licensed agent so anyway here's the here's the thing too you also got to think about like with with borrowing well with, with getting these deals under contract you have to have the intent and the means and the good thing about working with a hard money lender is that if they won't lend you the money for the deal, it's not a good deal anyway. So you should know within a few days if you have a good relationship with a hard money lender that's local in your market, right? If they look at it and they say, you know what, no, I'm not going to lend on this. There's not enough room. Then it's not a good deal. You need to get out of it anyway. So this is something that I wish everybody would understand. You've got to make sure it's a good deal. And sometimes the hard money lender is the... Is the um, is that filter that you need to tell you whether it's a good deal or not. The other thing I'll say, too, is if you're listening to this, you're new in the business, you're kind of overwhelmed and freaking out because, you know, all these laws are coming out and and uh, maybe you're new and you're inexperienced and you don't know if it's a good deal or not. You don't even know where to find the money or whatnot, right? And you've, you've bought these courses that tell you just to do this, what you know, what I'm telling you not to do and all that. Well, here's the thing. What you could do is you could find local wholesalers to partner with on these deals. Find local wholesalers who already have the buyers, who already have the money, who already know, maybe even they already have their license, and they know how to double close, they know how to do assignments the right way. They can close on the deal if they have to, and then turn around and sell it. So you know, find somebody in your local market who's already doing wholesaling the right way, an ethical wholesaler, and partner with them on these deals. And you can partner on a deal by deal basis sign a jv agreement or something like that that's what i teach in my automated wholesaling course and that's just going to help you uh, you know figure this stuff out because then you could find out after working with that local wholesaler um who the you know who their lenders are the hard money lenders they use who are the title companies they use to close these things um, who are their buyers are the contracts that they use those kind that kind of stuff um does that make sense there's, uh, there's ways you can do this. you got to be smart about it. The other thing I'll tell you, too, is sometimes what you can do if you know if you, how to do it and you set it up right. Let's say you have a buyer that has the money that's looking for deals. You could use that buyer's money. He could be your hard money lender. Ooh, do you hear, understand what I'm saying there? So if you have a buyer you know wants that property, go ahead and close on it and let them be the hard money lender on the deal. Now you got to work with a title company. Make sure you're doing it above board. But you know, you're know you selling these things to cash buyers. You're selling them to investors. So you're not, it's not like you're selling it to somebody who's going out and getting a traditional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan and there's FHA seasoning requirements and all that. These are typically lower end, cheaper properties that you're selling to investors who are going to do the rehab or going to be a landlord and all of that. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So even though we're seeing things like this coming in down the pipe in Oklahoma, we've already seen it happen in Illinois, uh, just relax, you know. And, and, we, and by the way, we should fight this legislation. I'm not saying just let them get do whatever they want. I think it's ridiculous. they the, it, the the realtor associations have a monopoly on real estate, and they're doing whatever they can to uh, hold on to their power. And um, yeah, I I really do predict in 20 years the whole realtor um, monopoly and cartel. I call it the realtor cartel will collapse. Because it's just it's not it's not it's not right what they're doing, and you see there's some several big huge um, lawsuits going on right now from the same uh, law firms that took on big tobacco and other huge pharmacy uh, lawsuits and things like that and won billions and billions of dollars. These law firms are now going after the the realtors associations, and they're going after the big brokers, claiming anti-competitive, anti-market. Whatever for, um, illegal things, where like you know they control the it's a monopoly right and they like they force a seller to pay a buyer's agent commission, um, or they force the buyer to pay a commission when they don't whatever you know so there's a whole bunch of that going on right now and these lawsuits they're it's big time and I've been re- reading and even in realtor friendly magazines and articles and websites saying, we need to be concerned about this because this this could change everything. So anyway, that's my political two cents. You know, here's my recommendation. I think bottom line, number one, go ahead and think about getting your license. I don't think it's a bad idea. Get your license. Um, make sure you're hanging your bro- license with an investor-friendly broker that doesn't have, you know, requirements for office hours that you have to be in there. Doesn't require you, you know, gives you a fair split of the deal. Uh, at least minimum, you get 80%, they get 20%. You may have to pay them a few hundred dollar fee on every deal that you do, even if it's you're buying it by owner and you're selling it by owner, but that's okay. Not a big deal. Because sometimes, you know, you can wear your realtor hat when you need to, or you can wear your investor hat when you need to. There's certain rules that you're going to have to follow. You're going to have to, you know, always disclose that you're an agent. Um, There's certain advertising rules that you have to follow maybe (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't say this but sometimes I don't because it's ridiculous they require you in all your marketing to put who your broker is sometimes they require this um, on all your marketing it has to be a certain size and it's stupid you know even because I'm buying by owner I'm buying it for myself and um, but so whatever there are so there are regulations and restrictions like that and you have to just be aware of it but I just, I just always disclose I'm an agent. I tell the seller, listen, I am a realtor, but I'm not looking for a listing. I'm just looking for an investment property for myself. And uh, and then you sign some extra disclosure stuff like that for paperwork. But So make sure you're working with an investor-friendly broker. You know, I, I'm with Keller Williams. I've been with them for a long time. Um, sometimes it's hard to find an investor-friendly Keller Williams broker in your area. I, I kind of like the, you know, those virtual brokers, the places like EXP or whatever that uh, don't really have a centralized office. Everything is done kind of virtually. Um, you might want to check out a broker like that. I've heard uh, good things about Remax where they sometimes certain Remaxes let you keep 100% of the of the deal. But find out who the other wholesalers are in your area. and What kind of, you know, do they have their license and who do they hang their license with and how do they do their deals? Because you can still do wholesaling, when you do it the right way, you can still make money doing wholesaling, doing it the right way. And the right way is this, you have to have the means and the intent. The intent of, I'm actually am going to close on this deal, um, it doesn't mean you have to. You can change your mind and say, you know what, I'm just going to assign my contract or I'm going to cancel it or because it's not going to work within the inspection contingency period, right? But you have to have the intent to actually close. And you have to have the means, you have to have access to the funds to actually close on the deal. Um, and look at these things as, you know, opportunities for for you to um, to get rid of some of the competition. I mean, maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. Let's, let's do what we can to stop this kind of legislation. But if it happens, let's not freak out and, and bury our heads in the sand. Let's look at a way to take advantage of it, to work with the law and to, to rise above it. All right. The other thing I want to say is this, and then I'll be done. Um, if you are looking for a nationwide lender on your deals, check out um, lendingfordeals.com. Lendingfordeals.com. That is a uh, that's my link that sends you to a company that I've partnered with that does lending in all 50 states. You can get a proof of funds from them. You can get transactional money from them on deals in all 50 states. They it's not it's kind of like the uh, the lending tree for the home residential mortgage business. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's not like they're going to just give your name and phone number to a bunch of lenders and they're going to start spamming you. It's not like that. They'll put, you, they'll show you different lenders that are lending in your local market and um, you can contact them. But you know, that hard money lender, they, they'll tell you if it's a good deal or not, right? They also can do transactional funding, um, bridge loan funding. They can help uh, fund your rehabs. Your rental portfolios, commercial properties, mobile home parks, apartments, um, all that good stuff. Even some traditional, normal refinancing for residential mortgages. So they do it all, right? So check them out. lending lendingfordeals.com. lending if you're interested in kind of how that all works. Go check it out. And cool. I think that's it. I'd appreciate your feedback. You know, let me know what you think about this. Do you think I'm you know, full of, uh, full of smoke and mirrors, or do you think wholesaling is illegal, immoral and fattening and wholesaling should be illegal period. And everybody should only do listing agreements, you know, should only represent sellers and not actually be an investor who's allowed to buy properties and then turn around and sell it. So let me know. Um, cool. One more thing too. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to this right now, Go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or or Spotify and subscribe, subscribe to the show because I do about three of these a week and I want to make sure that you know about them and that they show up. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all. Go to LendingForDeals.com if you want to get lending on all your deals. Appreciate y'all. See ya, bye. Hey, guys, I forgot to tell you something here. On my website, realestateinvestingmastery.com, I'm going to actually reference the... Article I found in Bigger Pockets, and I'm also going to reference the. It's a forum uh, post in Bigger Pockets that talks about this, and I'm also going to reference the actual proposed legislation from the Oklahoma State Legislature that uh, has this law in there. So you can see it for yourself. So if you want to see that, just go check out the show notes at RealEstateInvestingMastery.com. Real investing mastery.com. I think I also have the domain R-E-I-M podcast. reimpodcast.com. Check it out. Do a search for this episode. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but just do the search for the word Oklahoma in the search bar and you'll find this podcast episode there and um, check it out for yourself. Read up on it. Don't freak out. Just relax. Take a deep breath and everything's going to be all right. Just make sure you're doing wholesaling the right way. See ya.